Hey there, world. You're listening to The Hectic Podcast with me, Daryl Kelly, CEO and co-founder of HecticApp.com. This is episode number three, listening. So what is Hectic? Well, Hectic is a single digital workspace with all the tools needed to start, manage, and grow a freelancing business with a built-in personalized community to help freelancers connect with others, develop and refine their craft, and get help from experts, empowering anyone with a skill and a dream to get from one client to unstoppable. So that's Hectic. This is the Hectic Podcast, a place for inspiring and exciting conversations with freelancers. We'll also catch up with global experts across a wide variety of industries and backgrounds to get advice, tips, and insights on overcoming mental hurdles, managing the hustle, and navigating through adversity. And last but not least, authentic conversations with the people behind Hectic. Joining me today is Daniel Qualls, co-founder and head of product here at Hectic. And I just, I love Dano because every time I tell anyone about Dano's background, I have the opportunity to see people pick their jaws up off the ground, myself included. Dano began his career in the military in the military with the United States Air Force as an intelligence officer working with security forces and air crews to plan out threats during missions all over the world. And then as a program manager in charge of upgrading equipment on a few kinds of airplanes. After eight years in the Air Force, Daniel continued to set high bars and pursue unique adventures, co-founding multiple companies and in the wine, beer, and spirits industry as a certified sommelier. During this period, Daniel also furthered his education, ultimately ending up with a MBA in marketing and entrepreneurship and a master's of science in human factors and information design. Tip here, uh, human information design is cognitive psychology and usability research applied to product design if you didn't know. As he continued in the private sector, he dug his heels in on the pursuit of leading global organizations and developing and adapting better research-driven and user experiences for the likes of Fidelity Investment, Booz Allen Hamilton, a design consultancy named UE Group in San Jose, California, to a brief stint freelancing like many of you. Ultimately, and luckily, ending up as co-founder and head of product here at Hectic. He's also learned and then forgotten four languages. Uh, That's three more than I've learned and forgotten. Loves to garden and takes care of bonsai trees. Trains Muay Thai kickboxing, plays Overwatch, spends many weekends in the mountains, either camping or skiing, performs improv comedy, and (laughs) has a love for dank memes. You know, I I was thinking of when I was like, okay, how how do I really encapsulate all of Dano? I think I wanted to end on that thought of this love for dank memes. So, uh, Dano, welcome to the Hectic Podcast. How the heck are you doing? Hey, thanks, Daryl. I'm doing great. I had a taco salad for lunch from a place down the street called Taqueria Express, and I'm happy. I'm My mood is 90% weather and 95% food. So my mood's good. <laughs> I like that there's a formula that you have for how you're feeling that <laughs> it's such a Dano thing to do. Yeah, I probably should have been 50-50, but I just, yeah, I like 90, 95 better. <laughs> this taqueria that you just referenced there, didn't you go there just last week after a call as well? Well, that's a different place. So that was in Denver. I'm in Oklahoma this week to see family. So um, yeah, I found the closest taqueria here to my my family's house. All right. So you've got, I, I've got to ask, what's your, what's, what's the deal with your love for uh, taquerias? Good food. I mean, I just, I grew up eating a lot of Mexican food in Oklahoma and Mexican food is the food of my heart. 
when I was in uh, Japan and Thailand last year uh, for a few months, I really craved it and missed it. And people would ask me, uh, what's food like in America? And I'd say, well, honestly, I eat mostly Mexican food. So I can tell you about that. I love that. I love that. So transitioning from food to what drives you and what motivates you, what gets you out of the bed every single day? You know, what's that fuel that, you know, makes Dano such an incredible human being where I, you know, have this lead and introduction and I could probably go on for another 10 minutes about highlights um, from your background. What's the formula? So I think what really motivates me and drives me across everything I do is that I'm a builder. And I realized that this last summer um, in the kind of early times of the pandemic back in June when people weren't really seeing each other or doing much, I went out camping by myself deep in the woods. And I was there alone all day in the mountains. And what I did with that time is that I went to the creek nearby and I built a little dam out of sticks and rocks just to watch how the water would move in the current and how I could affect things and how many rocks deep I had to build to actually stop the water. Um, when I was done, I took the dam down as to not be rude to nature. But that got me thinking about why is it that when I'm alone in the woods relaxing, I choose to work? I think it's because I just love to build things. I love to see how the world works, how I can change the world, influence the world, how I can leave my mark on the world. Um, that's kind of the common thread running throughout everything I do for work and fun is building and exploring. Uh, those are the two big twin themes. So then Dano, as a follow-up, I've got to ask, where's the place that stands out to you the most that you've adventured to that you fell in love with? And then what's the thing that you've built that you're most proud of? I mean, you know, dams in the, in the woods, like that's pretty interesting. I'm really interested to see uh, what your answer is going to be for this thing that you've built. The thing that I've built that I'm most proud of is hectic. And that's not just because I'm on the hectic podcast talking about hectic. It's because I really love what we've made. I've loved building it. I've loved the research and the design, talking to people, trying to understand the deep issues here. I think that every great design solution comes from a very specific design problem. And that's what we've done a great job of is trying to narrow in the specific problems that freelancers face on a day-to-day -day basis and really craft a solution for all of those. So that's the thing that I've built that I'm most proud of. And as far as the place where I've most enjoyed um, going off and traveling, I think I'd have to say the place where I spent the most time, which would be Tokyo. I spent a month there living in uh, one neighborhood, Ikebukuro, and I would go to the boxing gym every morning and go visit ramen shops for lunch or dinner, go visit Japanese gardens every day. So the fact that I got to spend a whole month living in one place and really making it my second home, that is what I really love the most. And hopefully in the future, I'll be able to do lots more of this kind of travel where I travel for a month at a time to a new place and really dig in and understand what it's like to live there. I love that. And you can see how you pick up on the cultural uh the cultural references or you know when you're immersed into activities you know you said you know um you know gardening and you know how you picked up on some of those things with your travels so i, I think that's really cool the things that you bring back and then how you embody that into you know your daily routine or your habits i think you know, I, I i admire that about you because i think a lot of times when i go travel somewhere you know oftentimes 
you know, you're experiencing the, the, the place, but you're not really, I'm not really fully immersed in it um, from a perspective of what I'll take back. And mm-hmm. I think that speaks a lot to what you do here at Hectic, right? Like being able to ask really immersive questions, mm-hmm. um, get to the heart of things, and then put yourself in the position of the user or the audience or um, uh, the individual that you're talking to or working with. And so, you know, you said, you know, you've enjoyed, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it cause I'm going from memory, but you said that you've enjoyed the conversations that you've had with early, early, uh, product testers and early interviews Absolutely. Um, from the things that you've been understanding. What are some of those things that you, that have stood out for you? I think some standouts would just be that everyone has their own system and sometimes the system is no system. And it's cool seeing how people adopt a way of doing things. Maybe it's a whiteboard or an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and they always have things that really matter to them. And generally the things that matter are kind of consistent, but the way that they track them and measure them can change pretty dramatically across people. And that's really fun to see about what matters because that's what we've tried to really instill is the core of what work looks like and the core of what matters. And we've created what we call an opinionated design where we think here is a way of doing things. Maybe it's not the only way, but here's the way we think captures the workflow and captures what matters. So I like that concept of the opinionated design. And, you know, it is a principle that has come up a lot on our weekly and biweekly calls. Um, and I think that's that's why you're so well positioned um, in this space of head of product, right? When you think about one of our values of listening, you know, that is just intrinsic to who you are. But when you look at titles, you know, we live in this world of like, here's what a title may mean. And you you have your own as- assumption or inference of what you think that that title means. But here at Hectic, what does head of product mean? And what have been your focuses, you know, the key areas of, uh, of, of attention that you've been placing over the product or over the market, you know, so on and so forth. Where have you put your focus and what does head of product mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have four roles wrapped into that title of head of product, UX research, UX design, product management, and the responsibility for customer success and self-help. I'll cover that one first because it's the easiest. Um, we have an awesome self-help documentation support specialist, Elise Gaines, and she has just done amazing things building out uh, the platform to help people learn on their own. So that's been very little work for me so far. However, once we kick off the beta and we have live testers and they're chatting, you're chatting with me. I'll be on the other side of that little chat box, walking you through things, trying to learn what issues you're facing and how we can make it better. Um, the other three things, research design and product management have to do with really from day one, planning out who are the customers, who are the users, what problems do they face? Something I love is that we started with generative interviews and creating personas, trying to understand who are the freelancers. And of these you know, five personas we've identified, who can we build uh, a product for that will really help? And I love that we've had that research focus from day one, from generative interviews before we ever touched Um, Figma or Sketch, creating wireframes. And then ever since then, we've had three rounds of testing, showing features, getting feedback, making changes. Um, So research has been interwoven through every step of the way um, 
from the very first conversation I had um, with Daryl and Jeff. Um, design, we have a couple designers here. We have Felice, who is our amazing brand designer. So all the colors and the shapes and the spacing you see, which looks so good. And every time we have usability testing, everyone says it looks so good. And I agree. That's Felice. If you saw my wires from early in the day, you would see a resemblance to Hectic because the interactions look similar, but they were just ugly. So as an interaction designer, I think about the workflows. I think about what comes next, what questions you have any given moment, the options you can have, the information you see. Um, and I really try to make sure that it makes sense for where you're at right now, the questions you're facing right now, what do you need to see and do? And lastly, there's product management. So I have lots of spreadsheets and some Jira um, pages where I track, here's the things we're working on, here's who's working on it, here's the status it's in, what needs to come next. Um, so it's just a lot of managing moving parts. Um, and as we get closer, we started off very Jira heavy with big epics and big stories about here are major features we want to build. And as we get closer and closer to the launch next month, We've moved away from that into more of just tracking things in a little spreadsheet of here are the main features, how close we're being done. And here's a few tabs in that spreadsheet of from usability issues and some bugs and some visual changes. And we can see everything getting closer and closer and closer to launch. And that makes me really happy. So I've seen you navigate through, you know, this flexible approach from, you know, big epics to um, this more modular flexible management that we have right now. And, you know, what I keep telling myself and what I keep seeing as evidence in the way that you you approach work is you hold on to a vision and, you know, you, you fill in the pieces as you go, whether that's a huge epic or that's, you know, this kind of modular approach that we're in right now that's a little bit lighter, leaving room for more iterations. Um, but you hold on to a do you hold on to a vision? And I guess I want to ask you, you know, why is hectic important to you? You know, what is that vision that you're holding on to um, that you're working so diligently towards to be able to to keep your finger on the pulse um, with that long term vision? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a really a two part answer to that question. Um, the vision and why I'm holding on to it comes down to the team and the customers and the users we're trying to serve. Um, so I really like this team. It's a great crew to be a part of. From the very beginning when I was talking with Daryl and Jeff about joining and I could see that they were smart, they were successful, they had a track record and they really valued research. They didn't want me to just come in and start making wires right away. They want me to talk to customers and figure out what is the problem? Who is having the problem? I think that dedication to doing things right is something that told me a lot about who this team would be. And as we've grown, everyone has been just great. So I genuinely enjoy being on this team. Um, That's half of it. And the other half is that I like solving problems. Um, It kind of gets me excited. I think anybody listening to this podcast who's a UX designer will resonate with that, that you see something that doesn't work right and you just want to fix it, even if you don't really know how uh, the coding or the visualization would work, you know there's a better way. And I get to come to work every day and do that. Think about all these, there's actually, I think, 32 features on my list of things for our path to MVP file that I track every week. (laughs) And there's 32 things we're keeping track of for these are things freelancers need to be aware of 
and able to access and able to understand every step of the way. And they have to work together. They have to flow. They have to individually be excellent. And a huge challenge, but it's the kind of challenge that I really enjoy. So I love that. The flow, the individually excellent, you know, all the components that make up a product that really sticks and a product that solves the right problems, not just problems, but the right problems. And we have this aspiration at Hectic. A lot of people have heard it before. I think it's the first time that I'm going to clearly articulate it here on the podcast of changing and ushering in the next generation of work. And, you know, with that, we've heard that statement before, right? You know, you have this traditional HR approach to it and, you know, we're changing onboarding or we're changing the way that we uh, engage our employees or, you know, we're changing the snacks that we have in the, in the, in the break rooms. But specifically to you within the context of what we're creating and where your vision's at, what problems do you see with how work is done today? And as head of product, how are you creating an environment or reinforcing an environment to solve for those problems, to make it just as easy to work for yourself as it would be to work for someone else? There was someone I interviewed back in you know February when we were first getting started. And uh, this person said that I wake up in the middle of the night worried about money. I wake up first thing in the morning and frantically check my email to see if anything changed, if the requirements are still there, if the client has any feedback for me. And this person, they really like what they were doing and they swore they would never go back to a full-time job. They said, you know, creatives do not belong in cubicles and they are dedicated to this life of being a individual creator for life but that doesn't mean they're good at the business side of things. And I think about this person a lot and I think about how they really just need structures in place that will keep track of where they are with business development and lead generation with project management, with invoicing, with time tracking, um, all these things that you can find solutions out there individually, onesies, twosies, um, but something that pictures your entire life as a freelancer and makes places for things where you can know for certain that things are in control, that things are good, that you are on track, that there will be no surprises. I mean, things change with clients all the time. There's always scope creep and there's always uh, constantly changing things that need to be done, but that has a place. And when that comes up, you can handle it according to a process. And that makes everything else just seem like it can settle and rest and you can just do the work and then you can do things that aren't work as well. I mean, half the reason why people choose this life of freelancing of independent creatorship is so they can um, take off in the middle of the day to go walk the dog or be with kids or be location independent. And so I think about that person a lot. I think about all the interviewees, but that one especially comes to mind all the time. So I love that. And as we are wrapping up our time together and world, this will not be the last conversation with Dano. You know, we plan on having frequent updates with Dano from a product roadmap perspective, from a um, interact, interact interactive vision perspective. Um, but 
also catching up on, with him to see how uh, growing bonsai trees are are going and uh, <laughs> kickboxing and I guess like which taqueria you're uh, checking out um, from whatever location you're at. If you're in Denver, um, you got to go to Tacos Marlene and uh, Chili Verde. So Tacos Marlene has the best tacos in Denver and Chili Verde has the best mole in Denver. Uh, they're both on federal. One's North Federal, one's South Federal. Right there. You heard it from the man. So wrapping up, I have a question and this is Mm -hmm. the question that we'll ask every single person at the end of the podcast. Um, because at the end of the day, this content is, is for uh, freelancers. It's for people that are on a wide variety of their journey, whether you're just getting started or you're a pro and you have that, that aspiration of restarting from a better structure perspective, getting off of sticky notes, getting out of Excel, better automation, you know, making more productive use of your time. And the question is, what's one good habit that an aspiring freelancer should start developing or one negative habit that an aspiring freelancer should stop doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. And it's one I've thought a lot about, and particularly is the value of an hour of your time. So I've asked that question to a lot of people. Do you know how much an hour of your time is worth? And vast majority don't have a good answer. And that goes for photographers, designers. Um, I think developers usually have a slightly better answer, but even then it's still kind of vague. Um, But if you know what an hour of your time is worth, then you can have more confidence when you're planning out projects, your pricing projects, if you're deciding to go hourly or project-based for your rate. Um, so knowing that number is hugely important. And really the only way you'll know that number is to track your time, to track time spent doing lead generation, biz dev, managing your own internal stuff, managing client work, managing the actual um, work you're doing and recording the hours spent. It is a little bit of effort to go hit that timer and say, start. And then when you're done, hit stop. And if you forget to go back later and change it. However, if you do this for just a few months, you can see here are the trends and here's what an hour of time is worth. And oftentimes people find they are undercharging, that they should be charging more for their time. And I think if you can know this, when you do your next proposal, you can be very confident saying, this is what my time is worth. And this is why I'm charging it because you have data backing it up. I love that. And such, such valuable, uh, insight. And Dana, you came up with that answer so quickly. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder, can you give some context? You know, why, why did that come up so quickly for you? I think just because it's a theme that, um, everyone seems to, this is, seems to be a blind spot for so many people. Um, some people are good with organization, their two-week calendar, their to-do list, their whatever. People have systems in place, but hardly anybody actually knows the value of an hour of their time. So it's con- just consistent. I love that. Well, everyone listening today, I hope that you have an absolutely beautiful week. Dano, thank you so much for joining us. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, Daryl. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Well, have a great day, everyone. We'll see you next time. Peace.